Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? How's it going? Jurassic World. You're in our Jurassic World. I'm Ben Bateman, and this is Action Movie Anatomy, a show on Popcorn Talk, the online movie network devoted to talking movies and all things movie-related. Today, we are doing Jurassic World, the fourth installment in the fantastic Jurassic Park franchise. I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, Andrew Guy. What's up, everybody? I can't wait to talk about this movie. And our excited third panelist today, Roxy Stryer. Look at that face. I'm giddy like a little girl. I love it. This is great. I'm so excited that you're excited. You're getting me Thank excited. You. Uh, she amped. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should be drinking like Mountain Dew Amp right now. Yeah, you don't know what's in this cup. Yeah, straight Kahlua. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, we do action movies on this show. What we do is we break down action movies into four basic categories. They have to hit these four rules to be on the show. Rule number one, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people people in the room. Rule number two, the hero is either a police, military, or political figure. Rule number three, there's always at least one explosion. And rule number four, out of order, the hero always plays by their own rules. And Chris Pratt certainly played by his own rules in this movie. Sometimes we go outside those rules, but today I would say this movie almost firmly fits, except that the dinosaurs... Actually, this dinosaur was really smart. Oh, he is definitely the smartest dinosaur in the world. Yeah. He was <laughs> a very smart dinosaur. Oh, yeah. She. Was she. A, she. They're all she's. They're all she's, you They're all she's. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's Sorry, true. Guys. Getting and ahead of myself. women usually are the smartest in the world, so. Uh, oh, one okay. of these. Thanks for having me on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> so really quickly, guys, before we do uh, this show, I'm going to talk to you quickly about Podcast One. Uh, go to Please go to podcastone.com and take a quick survey. It should take you three minutes or less. It helps us do the show. It helps us do a better job of the show. Stay up on the show, and your feedback means everything to us because we want to put out the best product we possibly can. So please go to podcastone.com, take a quick survey. It would help us out. Let's get into the show. Let's do it. We are going to play the trailer right now. Uh, that is the first thing we're going to do, and then we're going to respond to the trailer. Roxy is just going <laughs> to... I just love it. I really... It gets me really excited. You're like LeBron in game in one of those playoff games where he came out, he was too amped up. He had to go out of the game for a minute because he was too excited. Yeah, not like LeBron today. No, no, that's mm-hmm. true. He's not very excited about anything today. No, he's <laughs> not. Sleeping. Not even Jurassic World. <laughs> Which he should mm. be. Yeah. I was totally shocked that Judy Greer was the mom here. I'm, I'm happy for her and her career. Her too. She's awesome. <laughs> she yeah, she works a lot. She she's, works a lot. She's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's played a lot of prostitutes and stripper kind of things. I used to see her in like Californication. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I love that she referred to herself on a podcast as I'm that girl that you know from that thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she I, is. Totally is. She is, yeah, yeah. I'm used to her being like the mom or the sister. Yeah. Like Elizabethtown, I think she's in Elizabethtown. She is in Elizabethtown. Yeah. Great callback. Yeah. That's like the that's like one of the characters that that's the kind of character, you know what I mean? I think that's Kirsten Dunst's best movie, just saying real quick. Do you like Elizabethtown? I do. Really? <laughs> huh. Anyway, that'll be it for me today. <laughs> did you see the movie Aloha? Did you like that also? I did not see Aloha. Ooh, tough break. Yeah. Do you know that the shark here was inspired by Jaws? I didn't know I, that. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a Spielberg thing, you know. Yeah. I love the Massasaurus. Yes. Or Mosasaurus, excuse me. I'm a big fan as well. It's the coolest dinosaur in the movie. Yeah. 
just it, massive. It was just the coolest part, and the whole water, and you yeah, go and under. Yeah, you go underneath. I want that genius. hydraulics thing. Yep. Why can't I have that in my room? That got me excited. That was in the trailer. Idea. In the trailer, that was one of the things that got me the most excited. Oh, totally. Yeah, I was definitely pretty stoked. Um, but uh, anyway, this will play in the background here for a moment. We can sort of. Uh, I think this is one of those situations for me, and I don't know. I hope this doesn't make anyone mad, but. I like the trailer more than the movie. Because I'm a huge trailer guy. We talked about this, I think, mm-hmm. when you were on the show last time. Like, I'm obsessed with trailers, yeah. and I loved this trailer. It was a great trailer. It got me, really, it got me very amped for the movie. I'm yeah. not mad about that. I disagree, but yeah. you guys know. Well, what, we can get really into first thoughts here as soon as the trailer's over. We sort of have to chatter over it here for a minute. Yeah. How's the temperature for you guys in here? Uh, it's warm. It's good. <laughs> it's probably warmer for them out there, okay? Do you want to be out there? I don't. Yeah. Although it is in Hawaii. I would love to be in Hawaii right now. Even when the dinosaurs are out? I think that despite all the horrible things that happens in 1 through 4, I would still go to a Jurassic Park. Oh, really? Like, even though you know you're probably going to die if you go. No, not that many people die. Like, like almost 30 people die in this movie. Yeah, there's like, you know, 20,000. Exactly, but there's still the chance of dying. I'd still go. Your chances of dying is very minimal. down the street are, I mean, that's that comparison. So you'd agree. You would go? You would go to the park (laughs) To go see a dinosaur live? Of course I would go to a park. Even though you would die. If you got to be in that sick circle thing? Yeah, the gyrosphere. Yeah, yeah. 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 All about that. Oh, yeah. All right. First thoughts of the movie, of the trailer. Roxy! Boom. Boom. I'm obsessed with it. I love this movie. Um, I had the best time going to this. I'm a big Jurassic Park fan. That didn't mean that I was going to love this movie no matter what. It wasn't like Entourage for me where it's like it could have been a piece of crap and I would have walked in and loved it. This, to me, wasn't a piece of crap. I thought it was really, really good. But it wasn't as good as much as I loved it. I, I right. loved it I way more. Saying. It was a feeling kind of thing. Yeah, the yeah. whole time I was on the edge of my seat, I saw it in 3D. I don't think I needed to, but, you know, I kind of did the duck dodge thing as things were coming at me. Sure. It was good. All it right. was really exciting. So in light of that, do you have your bold statement, your thesis statement? Your I have thought? my thesis. What is it? Okay. So it's not really about what I just said, but here we go. The creation of the hybrid dinosaur in this film was a metaphor for the creation of this movie in today's Hollywood. Wow. Meta. Next level. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. Hold on. I think I need you to repeat that. The creation of the hybrid dinosaur in this film was a metaphor for the creation of this movie in today's Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's very good. That's clever. I don't even want to say mine. Andrew, you're fired. Uh, Roxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank Man, you. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I, I did okay in English. You know. Yeah. No, it's really good. It's good. Um, you can leave her your shirt if you want. Yeah. Um, you. But... <laughs> I, uh, my turn? Yeah. Please. I really like this movie. I really did, but it's only because I'm such a big Jurassic Park fan. I was dying to see it. I love the first one, like the second <laughs> one, the third one was. I mean, I was a kid when they all yeah, came yeah, out, yeah. so they were still all super enjoyable for me. Right. Um, I was a little let down in the film overall, but I still enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my bold statement is that despite the leaps and bounds made in CG and animatronics and motion capture CG, this movie suffers from the progress we've made over the last 20 years. Like, back when they did all animatronics, it was better. Like, the dinosaurs were more believable for me. They looked more real. They were scarier. So I think even though we've progressed, I think that that's... The the movie suffers from it. Interesting. Uh, I mean... I don't know if I totally agree with you. I I'm, I'm I have a similar feeling in, in terms of my my feeling about the franchise and about this movie. Just in the sense that 
the first movie to me is a classic movie. Yeah. The second movie was the one where I was the right age to see it in theaters, and I, I'm still I can still remember that experience. The first one was I was too young to like. I know I saw it in theaters. It was my brother's favorite movie. He's older than me, so he took me. But I don't really remember seeing it in theaters. The second movie I definitely remember. I remember Vince Vaughn. I like I remember the I think it was like the bus or whatever, and they're like falling down it, and it's mm-hmm. falling off a cliff or something like that. I remember all that stuff. Uh, the third one I missed completely. I saw it years later, and this movie like. The, they definitely there was like a, like a lot of callbacks to the first movie, a mm-hmm. lot, and obviously the the goal was that they wanted to just jump forward and just make the direct sequel, which was correct. I didn't love this movie. I didn't hate this movie. I walked out of it feeling like it was visually amazing, but kind of unmemorable. But mm-hmm. my one takeaway, the my big thesis statement about this movie, general, all right, you built this up quite yeah, a bit. Really this did. movie is proof that Chris Pratt is the most bankable movie star in the world right now and he will be going forward i completely agree it's really weird to think about it's super super strange when you think about how young of kind of an action star he is Mm -hmm. and all the other huge actors that are out there Mm -hmm. but if you really think about it and you take the older generation the guys that are like legitimately old now they're they're done so denzel's not gonna he's not bankable in the same way that he was anymore he's great but he's not gonna sell a movie like this right tom cruise as we've seen we love cruise he's not bankable in the same way anymore even that next generation, the Matt Damon, Brad Pitt generation, they're big names, but I mean, I guess if you put Brad Pitt in this movie, it's still going to make $530 million right. in four days. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can put Chris Pratt into Guardians of the Galaxy and it's successful, you can put Chris Pratt into Jurassic World and it's successful. <clears throat> I just think that this guy can do anything. He's super likable. He's at the right age. He's just, he's got that movie he's star He's the quality. modern day Harrison Ford. He's the guy. You could he's put him guy. in Indiana Jones and it would be successful. <clears throat> which he has that rolling backwards under the closing gate thing, which is kind of a like a quick shout out to Indiana Jones. The fact that Chris Pratt might be yeah, him, yeah, which right, would be really incredible. I completely agree. I almost honestly went with that as my thesis because I think he is so good. I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan. I've been watching him yeah. for so long now. He's incredible, and I can't believe the way that he's developed and grown and and where he came from and how humble he is. <coughs> I think he's a really good guy and an. Incredible talent. Yeah, yeah, he is, and he really does have that. I think. What did you say? Blue chip. Is that what you called it last week? Yeah, the blue chip. The blue chip, like yeah. lead, leading man thing. Even though, it, like, I was a little skeptical at first about yeah. him and his career and what he was doing, he has yet to give me a reason to not like give all my respect to him. Yeah, absolutely. He's incredibly enjoyable. He's the best part of this film. Absolutely, yeah. So we'll get into his career in a minute, but I want to talk about our fist pump moment. So guys, on the show we do something called fist pump moment every week. This is kind of like favorite scene in some ways, but it's a little different than that. It's a little more, you're watching this movie and something happens and you just kind of notice yourself just go like, yeah, like F yeah, this is awesome. I cannot wait to watch the rest of this movie. Uh, it can be anything. It can be, any, it can be a little thing. It can be something that one character says or does, the way they look at someone, a piece of music, anything. Uh, and we like to just sort of share them because they are a really special part of the show to us. And we ultimately want to hear from you guys too. So follow along with us during this part and the rest of the interactive parts of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, at Andrew Guy on Twitter. At Roxy Stryer. So tweet at us live now or, you know, comment on YouTube and, and let us know your fist pump moment as well. Uh, I'm going to start this time with Andrew. Uh, my fist pump moment is a throwback to all the other, like, Jurassic Park movies. And that's, like, when they come over the side of the mountain or they come over the hill. Yeah, and yeah. like, welcome to Jurassic Park. Like, yeah. that type of thing. It's In this movie, it's when they're doing the flyby in the helicopter and you see the huge park that is Jurassic World. Yeah. And you're looking at all the things. You can see the water place and the rides and you see the dinosaurs walk around. You're just like, yes, this is what I signed up for. This is my moment of like, this makes me feel like a kid again. This is yeah. complete nostalgia for me. So totally. that, I saw that 
that coming around the helicopter, I was just like, yes, I'm here. I'm back in Jurassic Park, back in Jurassic World. Yeah. Cool. That's a good one, yeah. I have two. Are you going to yell at me? No, no you do. Sure. Sure. I can never decide between two. <laughs> so one of them is the moment when the brothers, they jumped over the waterfall. Yeah. And as the dinosaur almost gets them, I just thought that that was perfect. A perfect moment. I loved it. Um, my other one's a little girly. Can you guys know where I'm going with this? Uh, it was when he just grabbed her and kissed her, and it was like kind of out of the blue, and it was amazing. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. you go, Chris Pratt. I love that moment. And I, I really, in the theater, did the fist pump, so yeah. I had to include that in my <laughs> fist pump moment. Yeah, it was like a little Jersey Shore moment for me. I still Honest. So if you guys are watching Anna Ferris, uh, you know, be on watch, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Roxy's gunning for your man. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I went with the scene where the pterodactyl is carrying the assistant. Oh, that's I, I think it's pterodactyl or some sort of bird dinosaur yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's like this crazy violent whole exchange where like they get pulled underwater and she's getting thrown around and then she and the pterodactyl get eaten by the mosasaurus yeah uh, super awesome the reason I loved it so much was for there's a couple reasons one it's not very often in these movies that you see such a violent sort of like such like a violent like real exchange of like what would happen if a dinosaur was like tearing a person apart kind yeah. of a thing on top of that, you killed a character that we are supposed to expect is going to be saved in some way. Like, Chris Pratt's, like, supposed to save her, probably. Uh, and then the dinosaur just... The bigger dinosaur just eats the other dinosaur and the person. It was yep. just great. It was like... Let me ask you something, because yeah. I've heard a lot of people love this part. And I'm not saying I didn't like it, but I am curious... I kind of liked her character. I didn't hate her or anything. I wasn't wishing yeah. this gruesome death on her. Were you hoping that she would die? Was she annoying you in some way? So she wasn't the I know you're going to die guy. The I know you're going to die guy is obviously Vincent D'Onofrio. Like yeah. He's yeah. very clear the I know you're going to die guy. Um, she was like, I didn't hate her. She just was nothing. She was just like one dimensional to me. All right. But you didn't, she wasn't annoying you the whole time because no. I would wish that on my worst enemy and everybody was so stoked that yeah. she got eaten that it made me think that I missed something. No, no. I just... What? Oh yeah, go ahead. What I loved about it is that it, it was just it just completely portrayed the weakness that we have against these like massive animals, right? Like yeah. just how helpless we really are. And like you take this person who's kind of sweet, kind of watching after the kids, just doing her job, and it's like there's no anyone can be a victim here. Yeah, there's no way of choosing who lives or dies okay. with dinosaurs. That's I, that's a good point of putting it. Anyone can be a victim here, which is great. And that's that's something that's a little bit more absent, I think, from some of the earlier movies in some parts. They're a little I don't know, more, more PG ish, PG thirteen. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was a very violent scene. Um, you just don't usually. It's like see somebody getting grabbed and like thrown around like that. Well, and she absolutely. was the first named female character to get killed by a dinosaur in any of these movies. Okay, there yeah, you go. Like earlier in this huh. movie, there was an ACU. Uh, like trooper or whatever yeah. you want to call him that was a female that did get killed by the Indominus but she's the first like named person that's like recurring in the movie yeah. that you think might live and then she's just gone yeah yeah it's like the hot girl that gets killed off in the horror movies right right exactly. alright so let's, let's take that and jump straight into star profiles so let's start with Chris Pratt uh, three most recent movies before this that are that are relevant we will say yeah 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy massive mega hit. What is it? What's Guardians that movie? of the Guardians of the, it was from last summer. It was oh, a, it's a I Marvel like I movie. Heard of it, maybe. Oh, that's where they're trying to protect the moon from getting blown up. Mm-hmm. It's that Brad Pitt movie where Edward Norton's trying to I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, got it. Totally. <laughs> um, uh, the Lego movie, which is great. It's a great yeah. use of his talent. Absolutely. Uh, and then I I, I said Moneyball as the other one. So a couple years prior and he was in a few other things, but Moneyball was that it kind of put him on the map in terms of a movie yeah, actor. I mean, he was a in bit. like Zero Dark 30 and other things, but this was like Kind of his breakout in a feature film. Yeah, he's very he's very likable. He's a, he's a very underdog. I want to root for you kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because the movie was very well received and it had Brad Pitt in it, so everybody saw it. I think it 
the movie world sort of put this guy. It was like, oh, this is a guy we should maybe pay attention to, and then yeah. he started yeah. to book those roles. As opposed to him being on Parks and Rec, and he was a little heavier and a little goofier and all those things that didn't make him the star that he is today or booking right. these kind of roles. So this, that, I agree that that kind of was the changing point. There is a hilarious picture yeah, that we, we have that image of, of Pratt. There we go. Look at this. This, this, is, this is a real thing. <laughs> like, this dude is like, you go from funny, loving, comedic guy to dude on the left who's shredded action hero. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy what that does to your That's career. That's incredible picture. I mean, you even look at Seth Rogen. Both of them. They're incredible <laughs> pictures. That transformation. Yeah. Like, even look at Seth Rogen when he did his transformation from being the funny comedic guy when he did the Green Hornet. Right. It wasn't obviously quite as drastic as this, but he lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Actors do it all the yeah, time. Jonah Hill went through one yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that he found he was booking less roles and then decided to put... Uh, that's what I heard him say, that he decided to put back on weight because he was booking less roles. Chris Pratt, I think he's found his, his yeah. groove. What a horrible problem to have. Right. I think it's funny that in Hollywood, like, there's this, like, you have leading men and you have leading women who are usually in great shape mm-hmm. or skinny in women's mm-hmm. cases. Sometimes they're in, like, great shape, but often they're just skinny. And then you have comedians and... Often comedians or character actors are heavier. Like, yeah. not all the time, but there's a bunch of them that are. Or even what's, if they're not heavier, they're not in great shape. Yeah, what's hilarious <clears throat> is that, like, this amazing transformation of people who are slightly heavier getting in shape is, like, this life transformation when you realize that basically in life, I don't know a single heavy person that lost weight that wasn't happier being in better shape. I don't yeah. know one. That's yeah. just the world. Like, it's just amazing. And then sometimes they get criticized for not being as funny, or they crit- get, you know, like, afterwards, yeah. whatever. Which is absurd. Which is unfortunate and, and sad, but, like, Go ahead. No, I just think it's really interesting what you're saying. I think he made one of the best transformations he possibly could have for his career. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. And if that's what he cares about most, his family, his career, all of those things, there's nothing about what he just did. He didn't do it in a bad way. He didn't right. drop the weight too quickly. He didn't no. go anorex, whatever it is. He is strong. He's really strong. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, I, that's an obviously good transformation. And he still can play the everyman with that body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He's not that's, like Stallone. No. Or Arnold. No, and that's why that's I think ultimately that's that, that's my whole belief of the biggest most bankable movie star in the world thing because The Rock is the other guy you would have to point to right. as like the other most bankable, but he's not. His movies don't draw in money in the same way. I mean, yeah, know, they make money, but they don't. Yeah, make money in the same made, way. Yeah, I agree. Made some money. Yeah, but then again, this is a huge franchise huge. movie. So is Guardians. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not saying right True. now. Chris Pratt isn't pulling people to the movie theaters. The movies it's, are pulling people, exactly. and they're yeah. loving Chris Pratt. Agreed. Yep. Eventually. Chris Pratt is going to pull people to the movie theaters probably after this movie. Yeah, I would agree. I would See, totally agree. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I absolutely agree with what she says, but I still don't know if that's... He's still that face. Like, I don't know if he's that guy yet. Mm. He's not the Brad Pitt yet. Well, here, So, okay, the, the, other, the other guy that we talk about a lot is Tom Hardy. Um, yeah. And Hardy is the other guy who right now is, is the buzz name. But I, my, my feeling is that I don't think as an audience we want to see Tom Hardy play this role. We don't want him in Jurassic World. That It's, it's too... The, the brash sort of... The brash sort of simplicity of a character like like this guy uh, is not something as an audience that we're comfortable with. We want... You have to have a comedic background with the, with the star of Jurassic Park. Like, you have to have yeah. that thing that he can be, like, the jokester. Movie star comedy. We always talk yeah. about it. <clears throat> movie star comedy is a hard thing to achieve, and, and Tom Hardy doesn't have movie star comedy. He's too weird. He's, He's also very intense. Yeah, that's what I mean. And have you Chris seen Pat- This Is War? <laughs> I talk about another movie I love. I love that movie. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, all credibility just got shot. <laughs> love it. Um, but I think that Chris Pratt has this, Chris Pratt has this like laid back thing to him yeah, yeah, that yeah. we really, it makes you lean forward because he's always so chill and yeah. it's like, what, like there are dinosaurs. Hello? And he's just very 
very good at what he does in every movie. Yeah, that is true. I yeah. do like that. My, my whole thing about the weight loss thing, with I wasn't sort of making any indictment of, like, actors that do or don't. I just think it's funny that in the media they reference it a lot when people go through these transformations as, like, this really interesting transition. But it's, like, in life, being at a healthy weight and, like, taking care of your body is something that is, like, common sense in the world now. If helps you, you live longer. It helps right. you live longer. Helps people you be are more just, active. People are happier. I mean, that's not... That's not I'm not saying you get jacked like Chris Pratt. That's totally different. Yeah, that's... Right. He wasn't at the point before that was unhealthy. No, no, not at all. But no. now I'm sure, like, he, you know, he's got kids, whatever. It's got to be, like, he's got long days. It's got to be easier that he is so freaking fit. I, yeah, yeah, I read some interviews with him just talking about, like, his, he views the world differently now. He's like, I can do, you know, you know like, these crazy box jumps. He's like, I can lift all this weight now. He's like, I, when I look around in the world now, I just want to climb things and jump on things. Right. And, you know, I want to try more active. Yeah, I just want to try to run faster than things. Like, that's, you know, and it's, it's, it is interesting. So let's, uh, let's talk about Bryce let's Dallas Howard, about, his yeah. lovely co-star. Um, so I didn't like Bryce Dallas Howard in this movie at all. I actually, in fact, thought... I, I'm just going to sugarcoat say, it. Uh, I do want to talk about her previous films to this. Um, looking at her filmography, it was interesting to try to find relevant movies to talk about that mm-hmm. had come out recently. 5050 in 2011 was the first, like, most recent film to this that felt like we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. Which the I hell, do. I love that movie. Yeah, you're a big fan. And it's I, very, very good. I love I, that I movie, too. I cry every time I watch I it. I love that movie, and she was good in the movie. She was very good in that movie, but she also plays one dimension, and that's just kind of being a bitch. Absolutely. I completely at agree the very, with that. At the very end, she trying to, tries to come back around, but she's still kind of that girl that, that you want to hate in the movie. Ice cold, yeah. She's, yeah. she's sort of good at that. The mm-hmm. Help in 2011 also plays a raging bee. Yeah, but different um, kind, mm-hmm. but true. Yep. And then Twilight Saga Eclipse in 2010, which I believe she replaced the previous actress that played Victoria, right? I never saw Twilight, any of them. <clears throat> Neither did I. I um, yes. Just knew that uh, from... No, my ex-girlfriend loved these movies, so I went with her. But I, I think she was the replacement because they fired the previous one or something like that. I, I have a problem. With the Twilight movies? No. No, with her. I can't talk about her without being incredibly negative. I th- She almost ruined this entire movie for me. Yeah. I am so surprised that you're saying this because I've talked to, I've polled 100 people now. I've called all of my friends. They all were like, she was great. What are you talking about? Really? I've read every article <clears throat> that people thought she was really good and that the character was maybe flawed. I thought that she did a really bad job. Yeah, and I, I also think the character didn't help, but she, I thought she did a really bad job. And I, I support female actresses. I love the fact that this was a gr- big role and that she could have knocked it out of the park, but she just didn't for me. And I feel so bad saying it. She really almost ruined it. She almost ruined the movie for me. <laughs> Alexis does not our, like her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> our, our producer in the back is on board with that. I, I feel so bad because I don't want to... Yeah, yeah, of course. She really almost did. I, I had to get over it. It was something I had to actively tell myself. Do not let her ruin this for you because right. you're having fun. Every time she got on screen, I was like, oh, which is why I love the moment when he kissed her because at least it... Yeah. At least she wasn't talking. Did you, did you, mm-hmm. do you like how there's a picture here of Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard next to each other? Our friend Alex posted on Facebook yeah. the next day. He was like, just realize that Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard aren't the same person. <laughs> I love um, that. Those that is amazing. Posts. They do, they look remarkably they similar. They look incredibly similar, and I would have much rather had Jessica Chastain I play love, this role. I love Jessica she's Chastain. She's so good, to and death. she could have killed it. She's an incredible actress. She's yeah. pretty intense. She's an she amazing is. And actress. she should have been intense. She, yeah. Like, that's what you need to be in this movie. Is like, there's even a moment earlier in the movie. Uh, when Bryce Dallas Howard just walks through the hologram of the dinosaur and it's kind of like a testament to her idea of that these aren't real creatures. These aren't animals. They are just data. Yeah. They are just lab-created specimens. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm on board with this. I did not like her in this movie. I didn't. Facial I don't think expressions. She, yeah, I don't think she broke it. She got close, but I was not a fan. My my thing with her was this. I was like, okay, I don't think this is a very good script in terms of the dialogue. I, I didn't think that the story was bad, but I thought the script was pretty bad. Like, I didn't really like. But I couldn't decide if was the dialogue in fact bad, or was it just that every time she said anything in the movie, I was just sort of like. That joke fell flat. I didn't believe you there. I don't buy you in this situation. It's Why are you still wearing heels? Yeah. Why are you still wearing heels? That's not the actress's heels? fault, of course. Yeah. Why are you still wearing heels? We reference the heels. Take off your heels. Yeah. yeah. What? What? Till the end of the movie? Just so many things about this character and this actress. It was really tough. And you guys yeah. know how much I love the movie. What's the? There was one line where it was like, they were in the car and she's with the boys. And they like say something and I can't remember what it was maybe you guys remember this and she's like no I was talking about this thing or something and it's supposed to be a joke do you guys remember are that? you talking about when they say that they w- want to go with her and she's like don't worry you can always stay with me and they say so, no yeah, we yeah, mean yeah. him that's the one yeah that line and the, yeah. I just remember watching it and just being like why would you think that they're, they're talking, talking about, about you? you why would they be talking about you you left them alone you were a really crappy aunt you're yeah. not that great at your job right now yep. I, you make me miserable you yeah. don't drink tequila because you're on a diet you're my least favorite kind of person <laughs> yeah. like I, oh gosh I really yeah. struggled so with we her. have to ask ourselves that question then because I, I definitely didn't like her but I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna indict Bryce Dallas Howard yeah it's gotta be right. like it's like half an hour it, it, right. it's, it's a lot script. of it is a lot of it is yeah the direction and also the character is terrible the character was like they were just like let's make a damsel in distress who's really unlikable she and was then, whiny yeah. yeah and then she's supposed to come around you're supposed to like her at the end because she lets T-Rex out right. and runs and she like heels. runs with the yeah runs in heels with the take flares. off your heels take like, off your heels you have a Tyrannosaurus Rex chasing you like I'm gonna leave my heels on and I that- talked about it earlier I gotta leave them on Maybe and maybe I mean that's probably I'm sure that was character choice on their part. It's oh, it just, was. She but, even talked about on the late show that she did that she like you had to do like tons of heel and ankle exercises and like practicing walking and running all day. Yeah. Is but, that the one when she cried on command? Did you see that late show? Uh, she was on? I didn't. No, I just. I, she was like, I, they said, we hear you can cry on command. So he had a conversation. He was talking about Home Depot and she just started crying and it was actually pretty legitimate. She went to Tish. Ron Howard is her dad. I have seen her in other things that I liked, so I I feel. Like bad for saying anything. Yeah, we, we don't need to harp on it anymore. Right. I, I, I'm not going to say that she was she was horrible. I just thought that the character was bad. I didn't particularly like it, and you know, I, I, it's it's a shame it didn't ruin the movie. It just made it less enjoyable for yeah. me. Um, we talk. like you, Bryce. Yeah, We're sorry, you're not a bad actress. That's not the point here. <laughs> now it's I just, can't stop thinking about Jessica Chastain in this movie. Though. Oh, she'd be great. I just love Jessica Chastain. I, she's a um, <laughs> let's talk about production development. Let's talk about how this movie got made. Oh, you mean the 15 years that it took to get made? Or 14? <laughs> yeah. So this is pretty nuts. This is like probably, in my opinion, the most the most interesting part of the film, I, I think, is that Spielberg had the idea for this movie uh, based on some stuff from the Lost World novel, Crichton's novel, during the time they were making Jurassic 3. Mm-hmm. So back in like 2000 when they were making the movie. And he said now in reference that he kind of wishes that Jurassic Park 3 had actually just been this movie, mm-hmm. that they had just used his ideas for this movie in the third one. Um, but this movie just, I mean, th- like the number of people that were involved, it's, it's staggering. Oh, yeah. I mean, it went from everything from Spielberg directing it to Joe Johnson directing it, who directed the third one, mm-hmm. to bringing everyone back at different times, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, uh to like you had Josh Brolin rumored to play the lead role. Yeah. You had uh Garrett Hetland. You had David Boreanis. Yeah, I know. In O four. And uh John Kornetsky. Krasinski, 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 Kr
was even huh. b- like way back in 2004. They wow. thought it would be him. Uh, but then the Crystal Skull came out, and it was so natively received. And for other reasons, he decided to back out of the project. Sure. <clears throat> okay, so this is my thesis. This is where it comes down to it. When I talk about the production of this movie, yeah. everybody wanted something bigger, faster, yep. stronger with this movie. They weren't going to do it unless it was the perfect version of this movie. That's why it took so long. Same thing with this dinosaur. They need scarier, faster, stronger. More teeth. More, more teeth. teeth. Yeah, this movie absolutely. needed more teeth. They're the exact same thing. Yeah. It is really interesting. That's that's a cool. That's a very cool parallel. I like the metaphor. Yeah, a lot. I mean it's it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I, so so this movie. I mean, all those various different different versions of of whatnot and, and ideas how they were going to do it, it. It comes to head in twenty ten. In a January twenty ten interview, Joe Johnston, who ended up obviously not directing it, he basically went on record and saying this this is going to be a reinvention of the franchise. It's basically going to be a a reboot. Uh, like a beginning of a new trilogy. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to a fourth movie, this is going to be the first one of a new trilogy. Would you guys have preferred that? Uh, is, is this being the end? Or you mean... No, of this being, being a reboot. Fourth? Of this being... Uh, not paying attention to what had happened in the past, completely ignoring that. Oh, sorry. Let, let me take that. I, that comment was incorrect then. I said the wrong thing. What I'm saying is that he, he basically confirmed this was going to be the beginning of a new trilogy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a reboot, sorry. Uh, and and that, I do, I do like that. That's the correct decision, I think. I think mm. this being the last movie, the fourth movie, with how bad, I don't want to say bad, but how, like, <laughs> underwhelming the third movie was, uh-huh. um, wouldn't have been smart. I think you start something new. If it's good... It's good, and if it's I mean, if it's bad, then you, if this had been bad, at least you can you can follow it up with like these characters, and you can try to improve them. There would not be another Jurassic Park movie. This was supposed to be the, like the last movie, and it just sucked. Even if it made a ton of money, I don't think there would be another one. Hmm. I don't even know if I want another Jurassic Park movie after seeing this. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know they're already going to make two more, and I or at least two more. What it is seems. Chris Pratt said he signed on for eighty six more or something as a joke, but yeah, right. he, he definitely signed on for sequels. Yeah, there's two more already in the works. Yeah, I yeah. believe. Which makes me giddy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you guys go with me next time, I to think see we it. need to go yeah, with you. I think oh, I think yeah. it'll be great. <laughs> I um, get a lot of candy too. Yeah. Do you oh, get pretty God. amped up on sugar? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and maybe that Kahlua that's in my drink. Yeah, so. maybe. Great Kahlua. <laughs> uh, so a couple things that are interesting about the production on the movie. Uh, it it took uh, it was shot on a combination of 35 millimeter and 65 millimeter film mm-hmm. uh, rather than digital uh, just like the first three movies which I really respect that yeah I think that's awesome yeah the reasoning behind it being obviously Spielberg, Spielberg prefers film so this was his preference but also he wanted the tone of the movie and the dinosaurs and everything feel. yeah to match that of the first movie and the first three movies total mm-hmm. uh, so switching over to digital wasn't something he was interested in doing also there was something about the aspect ratio well they shot it on 65 millimeters so that you could get the whole like a full dinosaur and the actors in one shot right and they put it at two 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 to zero Something instead of like 2.35 ratio. yeah uh, and 1.85 I believe are the other ones they do um, because of the same reason they wanted it, like they wanted it to be big they wanted to be able to fit the dinosaurs and the people they wanted it to be able to fit IMAX format without being that exact digital yeah right 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 um, do you guys feel like it did fit the vibe that he was going for then yeah, I do yeah, actually. I do, and I think that's really cool that they did that that way. It's definitely more expensive and more time consuming, and it's harder to coordinate. And the fact that they took all that time and effort to make it look like the other three is a very respectful thing that they did. Well, it's also insane that I mean, they started production on the idea for this movie in two thousand, and it you know in twenty fourteen when they started shooting, I think it was January, uh, April tenth, twenty fourteen. 
It only took 78 days to shoot this whole movie. 78 days! It's crazy. Many different locations. Yeah, and the majority of it was in was in Hawaii and then Louisiana for a while. Our yeah. friend Matt, actually, Haggerty, who was on the first episode of the show, the Air Force, Air Force One, One episode, yeah. worked on this movie. Two of our friends actually did. Cool. Our friend Adi was the camera operator and, and Matt was the second second AD on the movie. You guys are popular. I should <laughs> hang around you guys more often. Haggerty was going to be on the show today as our fourth guest, but yeah. he's actually doing reshoots on a movie right now that came up last minute. Uh, he was definitely bummed, but he I got a lot of like texts and pictures from when he was in Hawaii working on this right um, I know I, like you you're in work Hawaii for... shooting the new Jurassic World movie yeah. I envy your life tough life yeah, yeah. Real I mean, to be totally fair 78 days to shoot the movie he was in Hawaii for six months, right. five months, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing all Prepping. the pre-production. Of course, because that's the and second post second. Is crazy on this. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. so a lot of prep is out there and everything. But it wasn't all great. Like the Audi showed me all these pictures when they were shooting oh, in the swamps man. in Louisiana, or the swamps in uh, I think it was swamps in Hawaii actually. Yeah, and they're like up to their knees in just mud. In mud. I yeah. feel so bad for him. <laughs> oh my. That was that was my sarcastic tone. I, got, I, I think I got the mm-hmm. that was your okay. Bryce Dallas Howard right uh, moment right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I accidentally <clears throat> walked on set when I was in Hawaii, and I got kicked off because oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, because oh, wow. we were taking pictures by the um, the uh, Dole pineapple uh, macadamia nut kind of uh, the uh, where, yeah the farmland. So uh-huh. when I was walking to take pictures of the the background, they were like, "Oh, you can't be here. This is close set, close set." And we're like, "Oh, okay, sorry." And then we found out that it was because they had JW everywhere. And I realized that it was for Jurassic World. There you go. Alexis was in the movie. She was in the film. I was in the background. I got, you know, taken up by a dinosaur. It's all good. (laughs) You don't know. You could be an extra in it. You got to watch really carefully now. (laughs) Thanks, guys. So so despite all of the the prep and everything that that went on in this movie, uh, the final announcement that was the movie, as it it ended up being, was on September 10th in 2013. Mm -hmm. And Universal announced that there would be a fourth Jurassic Park film. It was called Jurassic World, and it would be released June 12th, 2015. So that's that's the timeline. And And that's only a year and a half ago. How do you guys feel about the other working title that was going on, which was uh, Jurassic Park Extinction? That would have been horrible. I'm so happy right? they went with Jurassic, Jurassic World. Jurassic World is yeah. so much better than yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if we're trying to start a trilogy now and, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, I remember when they announced that, I was like, mm, BS. We'll see. Right. Because <laughs> well, they, yeah, they yeah, had been, they've been working on it for a decade already. Rumored right. forever, right? Yeah. So I honestly was like, all right, is it April Fool's Day? What's going on? Yeah. So I'm really happy that this movie finally did come out because... I had my doubts for for a decade. I had my doubts. Well, I'll tell you something. So, so remember I told you guys I sort of missed the third movie? I remember the third movie coming out, and I remember just being, like, uninterested in seeing it. <clears throat> and in my mind, when I thought about that, I was like, that was probably, like, what, like, 06, 07, huh. something yeah. like that? I was like, that was just, like, a few years ago. And then I looked, and it was 01. Right. And I was like, it's been 14 years since the last Jurassic Park movie? Yeah. How's that possible? I mean, it, it, the the third movie was subsequently released, like... One was 93, right? Two was 97, and three was 01. So, I mean, it was really just like four-year gaps. Do you think this movie would have done as well if it was released sooner? 2005? Like, yeah. the, on the same on the same timeline? No. Because I think people were appalled by the, four, or the third movie. The, like, we it were talking... <clears throat> it needed a break. Yeah, we were point. talking about the third movie, and I, he was like, um, which one is that? Is that the one with all the raptors? Is, is, is that like... And I was like... Is that the dinosaurs in it? Yeah. I was like, right. I can't really... I was like, I can't really remember. I was like, I remember some stuff from two. I definitely remember one, but... I don't yeah. remember much about three. Two and three, they're on a different island altogether, right. so... <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you know, this movie came out in 2001. I was, what, like 13 years old? Yeah. I did love this movie, watching it in theaters as a 13-year-old. 
You the know? third one? Yeah. You're oh. 13 years old. They're dinosaurs. Well, here's the other thing. <clears throat> Going back to the thesis, like these kids in the movie, we were excited by dinosaurs. Just the fact that yeah. there were dinosaurs on screen. Absolutely. We're no longer excited by the fact there are dinosaurs on screen. We've already seen it. They're no longer excited by the fact there are dinosaurs in this pen or whatever they're going to see. Right. It all comes back to the thesis. Dinosaur petting zoo. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's let's kind of move on get and in, get into the writers, producers, directors. It was a great thesis. It really was. We always tell people like you can go really crazy with your thesis, and like people never do. That's oh, like that's yeah. the craziest thesis we've probably yeah, had so far. Probably the best one we've yeah, had. Yeah, it's Thanks, really guys. good. Actually, you're always always welcome back. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, let's talk writer. Um, it was written by the same people that wrote Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Their mm-hmm. names are. Amanda Silver and Rick Jaffa, who work on everything together. Yep. Um, they are writing Avatar 2 and 3. They scripted Jurassic Park 4. They work pretty closely with, I mean, obviously with Cameron now and, and with Spielberg. So they're they're pretty heavy hitters, I'd say. The most yeah. basic thing I could possibly say, I love writing partners that get in the flow of things and they work really well together. Absolutely. There's yeah. a lot the of really of great teams that do that. Right. So I think that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was, they they were like later writers you know they were announced on, on June 20th 2012 that they were writing what's surprising about this film is like it's a Jurassic Park film it's part yeah. of the Jurassic Park franchise everyone that needs to be involved needs to be a heavy hitter mm-hmm. right which is interesting when you come to the director yeah so this is the cool I, in my opinion this is like the coolest bit of trivia so Colin Trevorrow 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 uh, Colin Trevorrow <laughs> is the director he had directed one feature film that was notable prior to this yep. a movie I actually never saw but you saw it right I loved it it was safe, Safety Not Guaranteed with Mark Duplass and it was good yeah, it was yeah. just like a fun indie rom-com and also Jake Drum. Johnson was in it yeah Jake Johnson was in it yeah so he he does this movie so here's here's like the weird piece of trivia about how Trevorrow a guy that had never directed like a major blockbuster gets to direct what is now the highest grossing movie opening weekend of all time Woo! A movie that's I, my, by now it's it may have passed 550 million. That's worldwide. my fist pump yeah. moment. That just, just insane. looking at the numbers. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. like 524 million by midday Sunday. I, I got the alert on my phone that it had made 511 by like yeah. by 2 p.m. on Sunday. It made 511 million. Do you subscribe to Jurassic Notes on your phone? No, I get like, a variety of updates. Oh, okay, um, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, Jurassic I Notes. <laughs> we should launch that app if it's not now. Oh my god, <laughs> patent pending, patent pending. Yeah, Roxy's excited. Of course, she's just Jurassic. Uh, so. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know, where was I? You were talking We're about talking Trevor about Trevor and how he got a job from Bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Brad Bird, who, uh, that's like the Iron Giant Brad Bird, mm-hmm. The Incredibles, Tomorrowland. Um, he was working on Tomorrowland, and he gets in touch with Frank Marshall, who is the producer on this movie. Frank Marshall's a legendary producer, um, one of the insane team of producers that worked on this movie. And Bird is like, he's in talks to direct Star Wars 7, because they've just announced Star Wars 7, and they're looking for a director. So he calls up uh, Frank Marshall's wife, who is the other half of their production company, which Kennedy. is called yeah, yeah, Marshall Kathleen Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Look, I have this idea." And she's produced every dress park movie yeah, yeah. up to this she point. Also, legendary producer. I mean, yeah, Kennedy Marshall. One. Kennedy no, Marshall is one, like, yeah. yeah, she dropped out. Her her feeling was that after Michael Crichton died, she didn't really. She was like, "I think it's kind of dead. I don't really want to be a part of this now." Uh, but you know, Frank Marshall was like, "I'm still going to do this." So yeah. uh, he calls him up and he's like, "Look, I have this crazy idea. I want to do Star Wars Seven. Um, but I'm working on Tomorrowland, and I'm too invested in this movie to step down from it. So I know this guy. He reminds me of me, Colin Trevorrow. And he's like, what if he came in and he prepped Star Wars 7 for me? And when I was done with Tomorrowland, I could come in and I could direct the movie. Right. Because Kathleen Kennedy is producing Star Wars 7. And she's like, oh, that's kind of a crazy idea. Well, let's look at this Trevorrow guy's stuff. So so Marshall and Kennedy, they watch uh, his movie, Safety, Safety Not Guaranteed. guaranteed. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is pretty sweet. Uh, Bird, actually, we're good. We're going to pass right. on the idea. Hey, Spielberg, uh, we have this guy we want you to meet. 
we should have you meet this guy Colin Trevorrow he's only done this one movie but you might really like it Spielberg loved it they offered mm-hmm. him the job before he even saw a script he They're took like, it yeah he took yeah. it and then he looked at the script and he's like I'm not going to direct this movie unless I can rewrite it yeah. and that's how he direct, that's how he directed this movie and it yeah. actually worked out isn't that crazy do you guys think that any part of that was because Spielberg did have final cut of approval on this so he was like alright nobody can butcher this too bad because no matter what I'll just come in and be like beep boop beep boop I mean it's the same thing as, as Nolan producing Man of Steel instead of directing it they're the ones that ultimately make the final call. Right. They yeah. really kind of direct the movie just behind this filter of someone else. Because I, I was talking to Ben about this, and I was like, well, why do you think Spielberg didn't want to direct this movie? Like, I know he only did the first two. Yeah. Um, but do you think it's because he didn't want to, like, have a reboot start, and he directed it and be like, oh, Spielberg doesn't have it anymore. Like, he can't do this movie still. This you can't. as good as the first one. You will you know? never, ever, ever, ever beat Jurassic Park. Of course in not. In terms of quality. Nope. And he knows that, I think. He's yep. smart enough to know that. It's not only in terms of that, but what it did for film and what kind of a movie it is and yeah. all the the nuances and the things that we saw for the first time. This is not going to be that. No. Right. So I think it's more that he knew that. I think he still has it. I think he'll have it Oh, forever. I think he still does, too. I just yeah. think that, that he knew that he couldn't show that with this movie. So he's like, let me put this other guy in here who's new, and I'll just kind of make him do what I, I want. Trevor wrote it a good job. I mean, he did. I, yeah, he did. Yeah, for what this movie's supposed to be, like, I, I don't think any of the flaws that I'm complaining about were, like, director fault. Right. No, no, not at all. But it's just interesting that they take some guy that literally has no feature film credits other than one Indie yeah. drama. Or I, think, I think he had like a few others, but yeah, in terms of it's, we'll call them studio movies. He yeah. has like no studio movie credits, mm-hmm. right? And and they see this movie that kind of has nothing to do with this genre of film. They're yeah, like okay, we're gonna put him in here. Yeah, and but, now you better believe this is kickstarting a whole different level for him. Yeah, absolutely. He's proven that he can make money out yeah. of a movie. And you guys were telling me that so Brad Bird. And also, somebody else, their voices are in the movie somewhere? Oh, yeah. Trevor O is uh, Mr. <laughs> DNA. Okay. And, and Bad Bird, Bird does the announcing. Um, on the tram. Yeah. Which is, that's pretty funny. I didn't I didn't know that before we actually just sat down here. Yeah. You learned something new. If I was day. directing something, I would totally stick my voice yeah, in. Yeah, find some a way. way. Yeah, yeah. It's like Stan Lee being in all the Marvel movies. Like, right. you yeah. got to be in there if you're a part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. So the production team on this movie, as we said, everybody involved, they're heavy hitters. I mean... We talked, I think, on the last episode you were on, we talked about this guy, Bruce Berman, who's, at, mm-hmm. at this point for us, he's kind of, he's like our guy. He's like our gold standard. No man. My man. Yeah. yeah, you got a little bit of a crush on him. Well, that guy's just done he's everything. Just incredible. <laughs> His filmography is, like, so, so stacked. Yeah. Um, just doesn't have a lot of bombs. That's the thing. A lot of these guys have 200-plus credits, and they have a lot of good movies on there. And a lot of really bad and, movies. But 50% or more are just, like, kind of bad movies. Right. And that guy just... But so the guys on this, I mean, I'm not going to go over all of them, but, like, we'll just, like, list a couple of things that are involved in each of them. Frank Marshall, Indiana Jones franchise, Back to the Future franchise. Steven Spielberg, I'm not even going to talk <laughs> about Steven Spielberg, that's all you need to say. Thomas Tull, Christopher Nolan's entire filmography post-2005. That's all of the, that's the Batman movies, it's Inception, that's Interstellar. He, the only one he didn't work on was Batman Begins. Yeah, that's the prestige, I mean, th- yeah. his whole filmography. Uh, as well as the, the Hangover franchise, that franchise that made like a billion dollars combined or whatever. Yeah. Um, Patrick Crowley, the Bourne franchise, Robocop 2 and 3. Um, but a little less impressive, but still like a little. I, I love a, the boy. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's insane. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then looking you know, downplaying that. Yeah. John Jashney, you know, he's the he's the black sheep of the group. He worked on the town, the Hangover, Pacific Rim two, and Godzilla two, which are mm. still coming out. Well, and Pacific Rim one and Godzilla one. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Really, <laughs> really huge hitters in, in the producing world. Yeah, like insanity. Just like the combined the combined total of earnings. From the movies produced by these guys, I don't know the number, but it's got to be somewhere in the like. It's in the, like tens of billions. It's got to be. Yeah. Right? I, oh, I would guess I would over a hundred. Over a hundred billion. 
I guess from their whole filmography, they you're, all have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all I right. mean, you're talking about whole franchises. I thought we were talking about just these franchises. I was going to go trillion, so. No, no, you can't. One go. trillion dollars. A bajillion <laughs> yeah. dollars. If it was a trillion dollars, we should have figured that statistic out, because <laughs> that would have been the most amazing thing to quote in the history of the show. That would have been cool. Yeah. Let's work on that. Uh, let's, let's work on it. So I think that pretty much does it for uh, production development and the hitters involved in the movie. Let's talk about box office. The <laughs> highest opening weekend. I mean, it broke... So it broke a pretty ridiculous number of records, right? Like, yeah, we got we got this this screen grab of the list of records it broke, which yeah. is just obscene. Yeah, so a couple of the ones that really jump out to me: all time opening weekend, U.S. and Canada. Uh, let's see, June opening day, which is often the biggest month. Uh, let's see, worldwide opening weekend, theater average, worldwide opening weekend, overseas opening weekend, IMAX worldwide opening weekend, fifty million, hundred million, two hundred million dollars. Like this yeah. movie, absurd, was insane. Yeah, I wouldn't have, honestly, I, I went to the press screening for this last Tuesday. I wouldn't have walked out of it and guessed that. I would have said, this is going to be a big moneymaker. This is going to do well. I think people are interested in seeing this movie. This is going to be more than San Andreas, not as much as, as Furious 7. Yeah, and definitely not even close to the two Avengers, Age of Ultron. No. When in reality... It broke every record. It killed them all. I'm not surprised. Um, I, I, I'm a little surprised, but I'm not shocked, because... I think that this movie was a long time coming, as Absolutely. opposed to a lot of the movies you guys just named, yeah. which weren't really. Sure. Um, people are obsessed, have been waiting and waiting and waiting. It's the same thing that's going to happen with Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Star Wars 7 it, will it, break every record. Yes. And it's the type of movie where your whole family can go see it. Everyone from, like, Grandpa yeah. to, like, your 10-year-old. And you didn't have to see 2 and 3. You didn't even really have to see 1, although there were a lot of callbacks to 1, right, right. Yeah. to go see this again. So... I, I just think that what they did, it could have been a way worse movie and sure. still made as much money. Here's a question for you, uh, unrelated, just talking about Star Wars, and we were talking about Kathleen Kennedy produced that as well. Is there a movie that uh, you could really say that in, in the history of our lifetime people would have been more excited for, aside from the first Star Wars reboot? I mean, Star Wars 7, this feels like the most exciting movie that's come out in my lifetime. Like, in terms of anticipation... Because Abrams is involved, so like you, the quality level of this expectancy is is much much higher. Maybe, right. maybe Dark Knight. I was gonna say that I because Dark Knight, I, yeah. I'm a big DC girl. I also like Marvel a lot, and so some of these comic book movies. But at least those movies, you're getting something. Yeah. You're getting a comic book movie every year. Right. DC didn't have anything this year. Marvel had a bunch. Next year, DC has two. So it's like you're getting something. When you're waiting for Star Wars. Unless you're watching TV, you're radio silent. Like, you're not getting something for years on end. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's true. And that's, I mean, that's that's a good point. That's probably what it did as well as it did. So, uh, yeah, Universal's of studio cost $150 million to make. Um, as of yesterday, when we made this list, it was at $549.7 million worldwide. It's probably, I'm sure yeah. it's over six now or close. Yeah, I mean. Oop, just uh, made no. seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, in terms of the, uh, the, the worldwide earnings of all of the films together, we have that graphic here as well, and, uh, that's pretty much, you know, the first one, the first one made almost a billion dollars. This is what I found incredibly interesting. Yeah. Right. Is the first one almost made a billion dollars back in 93. Right? Yeah. 93. So you, you, you go ahead and you adjust that in for inflation of ticket prices. That movie almost made two billion dollars. Probably made like 1.8 to 1.9 billion dollars. Yeah. That's insane. So the studios probably are, in some ways, like not surprised that it's doing as well as it's no, doing. No, and and I honestly think that this movie could hit the two billion dollar mark. Yeah, up up there with like Titanic and Avatar. Yeah, well, I, why not? I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Honestly, it, at the rate that it's going. Yeah. Yeah. 
Although I think that a lot of people that were going to see this movie saw this movie and it wasn't it didn't get the absolute best reviews so no. when when you are making more money you are coming back for a second time third time i know alexis uh went and saw it three times i saw it once and i loved it and yeah. i'll probably wait till it comes out to see it again who so do, who do you guys take in a fist fight cameron or spielberg <laughs> they have like i think the four highest grossing movies of all time are those four right avatar yeah titanic jurassic well, See, Cameron's got the this. reach, but Spielberg, Spielberg's got the heart. You can't, you can't ever bet against Spielberg. No, just on anything. Can't. Oh man, Avatar and Titanic, like just in terms of money making. I know. No, and he's got two I more take, Avatars I coming take Spielberg. out. And in um, Entourage, he was supposed to make Aquaman, so you know yeah. you could count that. Yeah, right. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I love that. I love that whole part. He was of great it. in that. Yeah. He was so good in Entourage. <laughs> yeah, he was really good. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, um, I'm glad I just brought that up. That was a nice moment we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, so, okay, in terms of critical, it uh, it's the best reviewed Jurassic Park movie since the first one, which right. is pretty much, I, I mean, that's to be expected. That's basically a couple quotes. We pulled off of line some top critics from The Atlantic and com. She says, uh, so basically Jurassic World is a big budget indictment of corporate greed jammed with product placement for Samsung and Mercedes-Benz meets by Dre and Coca-Cola. I thought that was interesting. Well, you know what's very interesting about that is that they did that on purpose. Yeah. They oversaturated the movie with product placement as like a joke. Because it was like the park. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's supposed to be like a satire on it, but it honestly didn't translate that way. No, it just felt like a it lot of It just felt like a lot of Mercedes and Coke and Beats just like yeah. okay. push shoved in your face. That's not what bothered me. What bothered me is with all of those things and all the technology and we're going Samsung, Samsung, are you serious that this island doesn't have cell reception? Yeah, like anywhere. Or you can't walkie somebody. Right. With all of these high-tech things and product placement and whatever we're doing, really? Oh, and like building dinosaurs? You can't get signal? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That was a major flaw. That did bother me. Isla yeah. Nubar. Yeah. Right? That was yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the good. The island? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> the other thing that I saw bothered a lot of people, and I wanted to know if it bothered you. You sounded completely lost when you said that. <laughs> yeah. like, you didn't know where you he were. You did. did. Just woke up, guys. I'm sorry. Sorry Wait, to cut you off. Tell, tell me if this bothered you guys, because this was the number one complaint that I saw on Reddit. What bothered people is that... If this was real, based on all the research that's been done recently, these dinosaurs would have had feathers. Oh, I read about this. Really? And I also yeah. read about uh, the counter that uh, I think Trevorrow said. Yeah. Was that they state earlier in the movie, B.D. B.D. Wong? Yeah. Yeah. Says that they... These aren't dinosaurs that are crossed with just other dinosaurs. They're crossed with tree frogs and yeah. other type of birds and other types of animals, saying that they probably took those features from those creatures and they lost the feathers. I think it's just like a, a way to kind of cover your ass. Yeah. I don't. I, I think it's the weirdest complaint that people are having. I thought the dinosaurs looked great. <laughs> yeah. What would have been a bigger issue is initially when this movie was supposed to be made back in the day, the hybrid dinosaur, the plan for it, was supposed to be hybrid with human. Right. Which yeah. is, that would have been awesome. Yeah, we, they wanted to create, like, an army. You know, we actually have a picture of a dinosaur that looks like that. Oh, we do have a hybrid picture of Oh, my God, there it is. <laughs> it's Nick Cage and a T-Rex. Love, baby. Did you guys know I was going to go there? 
No, we were going to save it for recast when we talked about Cage, but right. it just was too perfect. That's really good. It's really it's good. terrifying. If you, actually, if you guys Google Nicolas Cage and you just Google it, image yeah. search, the number of hilarious Nick Cage images oh, that come up. It's phenomenal. Oh my goodness. You can make a coffee table book out of it. Wait, <laughs> where did you find this? Google. Google. Somebody, somebody Google. made that. Yeah, yeah. But what did you type in to find this? I typed in Nicolas, Nicolas Cage, Cage dinosaur. dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want it because we talk What's about... What's wrong with you guys? We talk about recast later. Well, anyway, we'll get to it. We're, we're, we're going off subject here. Um, <laughs> I think we're in a great the, place. The, the, the bottom line is the movie was reviewed pretty well. Not exceptionally well. Right. Uh, it, I think it ended up with, like, what, 70, 71% on, on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that? Uh, 85 from the audience and 61 from Six, top critics. Yeah, so it averages out to somewhere in, like, 70. Yeah. yeah. yeah pretty good. Uh about my feeling, right, right around there. Yeah, you know, what, right the around the audience or the sixty-eight, sixty-nine, seventy percent. That's like kind of around. Give it a C, yeah. seventy. High, yeah. high, uh, high C, low B for high me. High C. I think when I walked out, the and Alexis, <laughs> Alexis, Alexis was at the same screening I was, and she asked me, "What do you think?" And I said, "You know, two and a half. She was like, "Out of five? I said, "I usually go four. Okay, three out of five. Yeah, that's about where I stand. Yeah, which is sixty percent. I go a little higher than that. Uh, let's talk about our favorite scene. I think Roxy might I'm stab cry. you. Real I'm, quick. Gonna, yeah. I'm like grabbing myself. I love this movie. So favorite scene. Uh, this is not. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Lex has just pulled up some pictures from the, the Nick Cage. Oh God, there's so many good ones. They're so good. Uh, we are. We're gonna go way over on time if we don't start talking about our ultimate action scene. So ultimate let's, action scene. Ultimate action scene. So this was a tough one for us to decide. Uh, the <laughs> ultimate action scene. One of our. There was a few to talk about. Right. Um, when the birds break out of the aviary because the helicopter goes in, that's to me that that whole hubbub is one. Hubbub. I used that word. I did. I, um, I kind of liked it. Um, that was one for me. Uh, another one would have been the giant fight at the end. Yeah, the fight between the, the Massasaurus, Mosasaurus, excuse me, Indominus, T-Rex, and Raptors. Yeah, which is pretty awesome, but sort of... Including her running in heels? Yes. yes. Can we cut that With part? the flare. Yeah. Um, Call back to the second movie, I think. Also, the action sequence of like him on the motorcycle with the Raptors around him. That was pretty cool. I liked all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all ultimately went with the one with the kids in the gyrosphere getting attacked by the Indominus. And, yeah! And the reason yeah, we did... It's sweet. ...is because it's the most Jurassic Park of all those scenes. It's the most like with the kids being like, well, there's three dinosaurs, there's four dinosaurs. He's like, wait, five. What do you mean? And then it's like behind them. Yeah, that's like so Jurassic Park. It is. It's the it's the, oh, the brothers so being trapped in a car. It's a reference to the first movie, the brother and sister being trapped in a yeah. car. There's the intro to the T Rex, intro to the Indominus. Like this is classic Jurassic Park. Yeah, I completely agree. A lot of critics disliked this brother relationship and thought that it could have been cut from the entire movie. I really loved this brother pair. I thought it was great. I thought that this was the best scene. I thought when they fell out of it and the and they're tapping on the glass, what all that with the phone, that whole sequence. Yeah, I was almost in tears, freaking <laughs> out, like panicking in the theater. Right, brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's a really really good scene, and mm-hmm. it's exactly what you would do if you were a kid. Are you right. kidding me? You get out in this gyrosphere that you find out that can stop like a fifty caliber bullet at point blank. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, we're, we're bringing back in all the rides. We're closing down. I'd be like, screw that, man. Let's go. Let's just go play. Yeah. yeah. You have this free riding thing, which was an incredible idea from Spielberg. Yeah. Right. When they built the gyrosphere, it's a real thing. It was yeah. on a track, uh, and you could move, like, it had a control. There's like remote control outside. You could move it, like, forward and backward on the track. The thing rolled around. Um, yeah, Spielberg's idea. I mean, his, his concept here was just like, he wanted, in the real Jurassic world, he wanted there to be some sort of contraption where you could get up close and personal with dinosaurs while still being protected. Uh, and that it, you know, it was safe and, and controlled and all that. And you just so, go anywhere you wanted. Yeah, I read an interview with uh, with with uh, uh, Robinson. What's his name? Zach Robinson, mm-hmm. Chris Robinson, Nick Robinson. 
Nick Robinson. Nick, Nick. Nick Robinson. Who plays uh, Zach. Who plays song. Zach. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, the older brother. Uh, and he talks about just like filming it and it was like a lot of CGI mixed with robotics and like they're in the thing and it's getting flown around and he's like, it was pretty exciting and you know, it's like a roller coaster, he said. I, I heard in the two brothers auditions, um, all they really had to do was just scream, pretend they were, they read their size, but then they screamed as if dinosaurs were going to eat them. Yeah, yeah. that's like the second half of their audition was just sit there and scream yeah. and pretend you're being attacked. And as you can see, they definitely got their scream phrases on. I yeah. thought that they did a really, really good job and I, I like the dynamic between these siblings because I felt it was realistic. Yeah, there's the brother who doesn't give a crap about the little brother right. and then until he needs to right. and he was really protective. See, I... Again, I I don't think that they were bad actors and I I just think that their relationship was written kind of poorly. It's just like one-dimensional. Again, like these characters for me are not memorable at all. I still remember the two kids from the first one like vividly and mm-hmm. all their scenes together. These guys weren't bad. They just didn't really do it for me. Yeah. Same with like Vincent D'Onofrio and Bryce Dallas Howard and I think it's definitely a big part of the writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vincent really did it for me, but in terms of the brothers, at least I, I didn't know Ty Simpkins from anything, and then I looked him up, and Kid has more credits than people who have been acting. The younger brother? Yes. Yeah. Oh, hmm. oh my God. He has like 100 credits. Wow. It's crazy. He's been doing this since out of the womb, clearly. So Jeez, yeah. I thought they did a, good, a really good job, and if there were flaws, I thought it was in... The character development, not right. Them. I don't think the casting was the problem. There's not a lot of room. That's, that's when it comes to Bryce. That's the thing is, I just don't think there's a lot of room for character development in a movie like this. You're, you're one of the, one of the reviews. One of the critics said something about like this is 90 percent dinosaurs with the correct formula with people filling in the edges. Right. That's that's true. I mean, that's what these movies are supposed to be. It's just that the problem is you have to get really lucky that in that 10 percent the filling in to have memorable characters like the first one. Mm-hmm. The first the first three. The first one. First three. Those characters are the great. The first ones. The first three. No. <laughs> that Goldblum note. and Neil and Dern and Attenborough, they're amazing. They're good characters. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question that I heard people ask, and I was wondering what you guys felt about this? They thought that this would have been better if you went into it knowing it was a monster movie, not a Jurassic movie. Would could, you have enjoyed it more? I had a weird thought about that earlier, wondering if like you just took away the Jurassic Park title, would this still be a good movie? It wouldn't have made as much money, clearly. Uh, I mean, what were your expectations too high? Because it said Jurassic, and mine it was just monster movie. Yep, exactly. Mine were set too high because it was a Jurassic Park movie. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think certainly, but I only saw it because it was Jurassic Park. Exactly. I wouldn't have seen it. It's if like it wasn't a Jurassic. weird double-edged sword. I'm not going to see a monster movie because I don't care. Like I, it's if this was, I don't know. Like I would see a new dinosaur movie if it looked like it was done well, like this with Chris Pratt in it. But I wouldn't have went to it opening weekend. I no. wouldn't have thought we would do it on the show. I would have waited for same video. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I wouldn't. Have. Would um, you? I, yeah, I love the movie. I haven't yeah. seen it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Roxy loves dinosaurs. Roxy loves Chris Pratt. Yep. Roxy loves the movie. She hates Bryce Dallas Howard. Roxy loves you guys and being on this panel. We Thanks for having, having me. You. We love, we having, love you on this having panel, Roxy. <laughs> you couldn't pick a better person. Yeah, oh, this was great. You. Um, all right, so let's talk favorites. Uh, favorites. This is another favorite part favorites. of the show where we want you guys to interact with us. We want to know your favorite line. Um, I hope we all have ours picked. I have mine picked. I do. I'm going to start with mine. No, I'm going first. I'm going to start with mine. All right, fine. Um, so it's the scene where they're going after, they're, we're like the, we're, you know, they're like, we're going to get the AC, the ACU, right? That's the yeah. animal control unit. Is that what it is? Yeah, animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, animal. <laughs> uh, and the, Chris Pratt's like, evacuate the island. She's like, we can't evacuate the island. We have 20,000 people or whatever. He's like, She's like, we're sending a team in. And he looks at him and he's like, 
all those men are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I don't know if that's the exact quote. You just pulled out your Tom Cruise voice. No, no, no. For the all those men are going to die. I didn't. I, if, if it was Cruise, there would have been a, the ending. All your men little... are going to die. Yeah. They're going to die. That's how Cruise <laughs> would say it. Mm, got it. Sorry. Uh, I mistook it. For yeah. Second. Pratt's like, all those men are going to die. Like, that's more how he says it. Yeah. And I just liked it because it... He says it so matter of factly, and you know that it's true. Absolutely, and it's also that was like that's like when it's a like it's about to get real. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I I just like that because like that's what's exciting about Jurassic Park. The whole Park. thing that, that, that when the ACU first goes and they find out that the, the, the when the Indominus is in camouflage, yeah, that no. was actually maybe my fist pump moment that I forgot about. That was so sick to see this gigantic dinosaur be completely hidden and mm-hmm. like right in their face. I just feel like a lot of the best scenes in this movie were ruined from the trailer because a lot of the coolest yeah, stuff it's all in the trailer. I saw in the trailer when yeah. he, he dug out his track trip. How did he know? He remembered where we put it in. Like yeah. all that stuff that would have been so cool to see in the theater for the yeah, first time. It's true. I it didn't bother me. Oh, 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 clearly <laughs> not. This movie was flawless, yeah. Roxy. Flawless. What's your what's your favorite line, Rox? Um no, you wanted to go first, you get to go the second. Oh, okay. Um it's kind of corny. Uh, but I think it's really, it kind of epitomizes Chris Pratt in this movie. And it's when, it's like, this is Lou, this is the beta. And the kid's like, well, who's the alpha? It's like, you're looking at him. Yeah, that's good. And it's corny, and it's kind of stupid, but he is that in this yeah. movie, in every sense. Whether you're talking star power, like, hero, yeah. enjoyability of the movie, he is the alpha. And so I loved it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, just because I needed Bryce Howard to be put in her place for a second, I I like the line where he's talking to her and he says, "These animals are thinking I gotta eat, I gotta hunt, I gotta." You can relate to one of those things. Yeah, whatever it was. A... I was just like, "Yeah, come on, girl, like you're a human being." Yeah. <laughs> Alexis liked that line as well. <laughs> Alexis and I are on the same team tonight. <laughs> My favorite line from the whole movie was when uh, she uh, she's introducing the new dinosaur and they're like oh where, uh, what happened to the sibling she ate it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that was good it. yeah that is cool that was really good like that see that's the stuff in the movie that was cool yeah all that interaction and the whole like which is what we always talk about in action movies that's, you that's, love the movie that's that's um <laughs> He's just trying to fight that's it. villain qualifier right yeah that all the dinosaur she stuff is it. villain qualifier yeah. that's all we always talk about he was raised in a Serbian prison for 12 years right, right. he killed 17 guards with his left hand like that's that type of stuff translates over to like it's a crossbreed between this dinosaur right, and this and dinosaur. Right, and tree frog and velociraptor yeah. and this and that. And that's what you feed it? Like, all, there's yeah. just all that stuff is, this whole movie is his villain qualifier. Oh my god, and then when he comes out with the oh. gasoline on himself under the car, just yeah. talking about that, this movie is so good. <laughs> it was probably better than I'm giving it credit yeah, for. Yeah, definitely. The, good I, that's one thing we find about on this show is the more you talk about and really like dissect and respect a movie, the more you're like, you know what, this movie's pretty, it was pretty, pretty sweet. Pretty cool. That was like Rambo all the way with us. Rambo yeah. First Blood Part 2 with JT and Finstock. Like, that was just like... I, by the end oh, of it, you had them come on for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the end They're of the, the movie, they yeah. totally changed my mind or my opinion on the whole thing. And they yeah. love Stallone as much as we love Cruz, so yeah. it was like a good. I did love when he was saying, "Is like you got this creature trapped in a cage with forty foot walls, and it's out for the first time. You've been feeding it. You know, he's like, it's gonna eat, it's gonna kill, it's gonna test its limits. Basically, like yeah, that was. I thought that was yeah. super awesome. And then when they find out that it's killing for sport, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. the touching moment. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if touching is uh, worth it. You know, because they're like they're petting its head on the mm-hmm. bron- the brontosaurus. Those are all brontosaurus, right? Yeah. Oh, that was really sad. Yeah. The person I went with like teared up. Yeah, that was. Um, I was the the Beats by Dre rep that was sitting to my right was like cheering because of all the Beats by Dre. I saw with Ben; he was crying. <laughs> uh, so uh, okay, that's our favorite lines. Um, Hero and villain rank all time. I like. I'm gonna just jump in and say because I don't think it's worth discussing. I I mean, yeah, Pratt. Like maybe if they do three movies with him and he's awesome in all three of them like this, maybe be he becomes endearing. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say there was a big cheer when the Tyrannosaurus comes out. 
And I don't know like where you necessarily put the T-Rex on the all-time villain list, but it actually probably does rank. Well, it's sweet because it's the original T-Rex right. in yeah. the original movie. It's got the scars from the Velociraptors. Like You see it, and that's what this franchise was built on, Yes, yeah. the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Right. And like what she's saying is like with what movies are these days, you need more teeth, you need more of this, so you have to create this brand new dinosaur, the Indominus Rex. The T-Rex is still the badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because he's not really the villain of the movie. He's actually kind of a hero he's of the movie. He's the hero of the movie. Yeah. So it's, but it made me think like if... I'm not going to like categorize. I mean, you always say like top 100 just to cover your ass, but I don't... I think it's possible that the T-Rex is one of the all-time villains in, an, in action movie history, just because he's so iconic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, n- none of the other characters like resonated with me. I think if this female character was written better and was cast differently, so if it was completely changed, <laughs> there was room to have a kickbot woman in this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She should have been. It's hard when we talk about new movies versus old ones to do the all-time ranks, just because when something first comes out, it's very, very difficult to... like. It's not a classic yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, when we did Edge of Tomorrow, we talked about Blunt. We all loved Emily Blunt in that right. movie so much. She was so good. Right. In the On the all-time list, she probably is one of the great female characters. Oh, she's got to be top ten. Yeah. But, like, it's so recent that it's hard to really, like, categorize. Whereas, like, Rambo was easy for us. Or right. Like, right. Plain, but you know? she wouldn't be top ten if there were more kick-butt female stars. True. True. Right. Because, like, when you think about it off the top of your head, you've got, like, Terminator. Yeah. You've got Amy right. Hamilton. You've got uh, Carrie Ann Moss in The Matrix. Yeah. It's like there's like five to ten. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot of them. Right. Um, Let's uh, let's get on to recasts. I do like that we keep seeing more of them though. Yeah, Charlie Theron and Mad Max. It definitely seems to be a a trope now. Is like it's like a strong female. That's like a thing that we're seeing a lot more of, which is good. I'm into it. Totally into it. That was my. I was intimidating. Yeah, careful. It's modern. (laughs) It it feels balanced. It feels like it's. uh, It actually makes you resent characters like like the Bryce Dallas character in this one more, just because. The damsel in distress thing is not interesting to me as a fan, as like a fanboy anymore. Like I'm watching a Especially character. This character, she's the head of the park. Well, yeah, I think that's probably a really good trend in society. Then that we're not interested in seeing the damsel in distress anymore because we were for a very long time. It's just one dimensional. It's. Yeah. I mean, there's probably there's still probably parts of the world and parts of America that are like a little less evolved in terms of their appreciation. Very like old world like males that are not as interested in it like they will, they still want their classic Budweiser and they right, want their right. classic but like that you know that's changing played out yeah I mean, we're, here, we're here in LA so like it's we're a little little bit more modern maybe I did like her wardrobe you, oh, yeah really with the hair and the white and all well, that well the white is a, is a callback to Richard Attenborough's character in the first one he oh, only right. wears all white that's, for the whole movie it's true and I mean, he's the curator of the park on that note she's very pretty like so yeah. okay she's very attractive looking mm-hmm so I'll give her that. Well, that's so kind of you. Uh, if you guys were going to recast this movie with actors from the 80s and 90s, and this is our favorite part, by the way, guys. We have we get great interaction from you, uh, the fans, uh, with when we do recast. You guys have great ideas, often cool. better than mm-hmm. ours. Um, so please let us know who you would recast. So the three characters in question here, we're going to recast Chris Pratt. We're going to recast, recast Bryce Dallas Howard and yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, D'Onofrio, I'm not sure he's his name exactly. And uh, this is D'Onofrio. It's D'Onofrio. Vanessa. Vanessa. Um, I couldn't even believe that. That I didn't yeah. notice that was him for yeah, the entire movie. How did you movie. not notice that? Did you, uh, did you guys watch Daredevil and notice that? Because then you're a step ahead of me. <laughs> As a young boy, I enjoyed Zupa perhaps a bit too much. Oh yeah, he's you do a really good with the the voices. Uh, we literally thank, talked we to each other in Vincent D'Onofrio's voice. Do you think we talked more in in D'Onofrio Kingpin to each other, or more in Tom Hardy Bane? Oh, that's tough. Tom Hardy Bane was like a like a year and a half stretch. Yeah, we did a lot. I do of that a one. lot of Bane. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Speak of the devil. Yeah. Oh, but you gotta do this while yeah. you do it. Oh, you gotta. It would be extremely <laughs> painful. 
For you. Great. Anyway. We are movie nerds. Uh, you couldn't tell. in the darkness. Yeah. Light yeah. mm-hmm. bite. Uh, all right. So uh, let's get to a recast. I'm going to go with the Chris Pratt character first and foremost with Our Lady Roxy. I'm recasting him as Kurt Russell. Oh, I love oh, it. Nice. That's love great. Uh, what Eric Russell? Are we talking like Escape from New York era Russell? Series 7 or, Russell. Are we talking like Breakdown era Russell? <laughs> uh... Let's go late 80s. So, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Escape's early, but, like, late 80s would be, like, uh, what, Big Trouble and I don't know. Little China? Am I... Yeah, that's, a, I think that's probably 86 or something, so we're right around that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's I like good. that. I'm into that. That's good. You would kick butt. Yeah, he's good. Kurt Russell's sweet. I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy, uh, Harrison Ford. So you're thinking what year, like... I'm thinking you can even go 20 years ago. He was going to be in this movie in 2004. So you're thinking, yeah, you're you thinking go back to you go back to Harrison Ford in the early 90s, like Fugitive Harrison yeah, Ford, that's, things like that's, that. That'd be right that He's time. Great. Every man, mm. he can be funny and charming. This was the clear and present danger yep. era. Ford, yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I went with Mel Gibson, and I'll tell you the reason. Um, I think it's because I there was a couple scenes that really you had to have the right guy for. So the first one that comes to mind is the relationship to the rappers. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the most important scene for his character because you have to really buy that. Um, the, the confidence and stuff, the brash confidence, there's a lot of guys that can do that. But you definitely want that rugged sort of thing going on. Yep. So we know that Mel can do that. That's obvious. But he's intense enough and like commanding enough of the screen where I think that if he's in that scene with the Raptors, I would physically buy it. Mm. Yeah. That's why, because I thought of a bunch of other guys from that era, and it's like, there's a, a certain arrogance that the character has to have. This is a really hard one to cast with 80s, 90s actors. It was. Yeah. I actually struggled with it a you lot. Know, the thing with Mel Gibson, too, is like, I for some reason I think back to The Patriot, and there's like his moments of weakness in that movie. Yeah. It's definitely believable. He, he could definitely play this character. He'd be good at it. Not as good as Harrison Ford, but, you know, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's do... Uh, Alessandra Nevola in Jurassic Park 3. He played Billy in Jurassic Park 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, was, I the, couldn't the, tell the, what that was at the bottom. JP3. That's the older the older son? Is that him? Yeah, the one that stole the raptor eggs from the third one. Right, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, not memorable enough for me to remember who that, that was. interesting. Um, <laughs> I will look that up. We will talk about this after the show, Alexis. Thank you. Um, Vincent. Vincent. No, let's let's do let's let's do, do Bryce. Let's do Bryce. Okay. Dallas Howard. All right. I was going with Julianne Moore. I actually had Julianne Moore written down. Wait, isn't bit. she in one of these movies? Uh, yeah, she's in the third one. Yeah, right? I believe, yeah. Is she? Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Uh, oh, Naomi Watts? Oh, that'd be good. That she's really yeah. good. I just think that Julianne Moore would have crushed this. Yeah. I think she really would Back in the 90s? Yeah. Like, that'd be like pre book She could have played that character today, honestly. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't even matter that she's a It depends older. who she's across from, but yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah, Julianne Moore, she's, she's, Julianne Moore is classic Jurassic Park like fodder. What? She is in one of them. She's in the third one. She's almost 100% positive. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Maybe I try to block out the third one. <laughs> yeah. Then then she couldn't. Because it's not the second one. That's Laura Dern? Sure. Or is she in the second or maybe one? Maybe she's the second one. The third one is... Laura uh, Dern. Let's is, look this yeah. up. Yeah, let's yeah. look it up. All right, you look it up. I don't even remember I'm going to talk about them. mine. I know she's in one of them. Who'd you go with for your girl? Uh, for my girl, I went for Uma Thurman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like Pulp Fiction era Uma yeah, Thurman? Yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, she did... Uh, Batman Forever. She was Poison uh, Ivy, yeah. red hair. She's old enough. She's yeah. pretty enough. And she's a great actress. Hottie. Yeah. Pretty enough. Oh my God. Yeah, Lil Uma Thurman. Well, you don't um, want her to be like a bombshell. She's a bombshell. She's pretty hot, yeah. Um, All right. Not bad. <laughs> uh, I went with Sandra Bullock. It's the second time I've used Sandra Bullock in a recast. The reason I, I, I went with Sandra Bullock is because, like, the mid 90s Sandra Bullock mixed with, like, I mean, she's played this character. This is the character she plays in The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds. Like, she's she's basically right. 
the, the you know in the blind side in wait there's degree. dinosaurs in the proposal <laughs> <laughs> it's that Brad Pitt movie where Edward Norton is no um it uh I just think that she could she could play the like the all business side of this yeah. really really well and then the whole like I'm flustered and I need him that's another thing I hated about the Bryce Dallas Howard moment do you remember the, the scene she's dismissive of him and then she realizes that she's lost the boys and she's like looking around she's like who can help me what man can help me right. she's like you help right like it's so just like I hate this it was so dumb yeah oh um, by the way Julianne Moore was in Lost World so yeah, it yeah. makes sense maybe that's what that's I was fun. thinking of. Yeah. yeah I don't know because in the third one it's William H. Macy and his wife yeah oh, yeah yeah yeah, <clears throat> that's uh, what's her name? Uh, Taya Leone, I think. Yeah, it is Taya yeah. Leone. My love. Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, so Bullock. So let's do Vincent D'Onofrio. Let's go villain. This is a sweet one because the eighties were like, oh yeah, were right. A lot of good ones. I, I want to go last because I, ha- I have a couple. I don't really feel like this character's age matters at that point, though. It, it really, but whatever. I went with Gary Oldman, who is great. Yeah, I actually love thought Gary about Gary Oldman, Oldman yeah. at one point too. Yeah, we love, we love him to death. Mm. Yeah, he could do anything. Yeah, yeah. he's fabulous. He could have played Bryce Dallas Howard. I went with Albert Brooks. Do you like oh. Robert Brooks? Classic 80s villain. Yeah. Right? Like the 80s villain that he plays in Drive when it's like a throwback villain, that's kind of what yeah, came to mind He could be an me. 80s villain or he could be the villain that he was in Drive. It doesn't matter. Like older. you said, yeah. age doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Mm. I had two. I obviously went with, uh, the first one was Ed Harris. Yeah. Love Ed Harris. General Humble, Alcatraz, out. Yeah, exactly. That one's good. Uh, and then the other one was Tommy Lee Jones. Hmm. That's really good. Both would be great in that role. Tommy Lee is probably my favorite of all of these, actually, that I think about it. That's yes. mid-90s Tommy Lee's. Like, that's that's a really, that's Two-Face era. Yep. It's yeah. All, it's difficult because you can't cast somebody who's too big of a name star because I don't think they would have taken this role. Right. I mean, unless they know something about the trilogy that we don't know. Right. But then again, it's like to be part of a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, I guess they're, they're yeah. very massive actors, though, so it might not have been. Yeah. Because D'Onofrio is like on his way up again. Yeah, Especially he, after Daredevil. He had like mm-hmm. he had like a downstretch, but he's yeah. definitely yeah, he's killing it right now. Yeah. Um okay, so we do something we do something here occasionally on the show. Uh it's called Cage vs. Cruise, and I know we're going long on the episode, but I want to do it anyway, because thinking about this movie and thinking about making this movie back in the nineties, like oh, yeah. if you were to recast either of the like the, the the premise here, guys, Cage vs. Cruise, is you take the lead role of your movie and you take Tom Cruise or Nick Cage in their prime and you put it in that role and you think, what would this movie be like? And if this movie were to be made in the mid nineties with Nick Cage in the Chris Pratt role or Tom Cruise in the Chris Pratt role granted totally different character totally different movie but hilariously awesome in their own ways think about Nick Cage like the rock era Nick Cage and just being like just just, just, just one thing do not shoot my raptors right like, right? like think about how well, believable that like, would be they gotta eat yeah they gotta hunt they gotta <laughs> yeah, Nick you know Cage Nick Cage so would be great. great I don't think either of them could have pulled this off <laughs> what Tom Cruise is so intense. He'd be so great at it. He'd be so intense. He would make this a really, really intense character. That's not what I want to see. I want to see somebody who's like got it under control, but is kind of laid back and suave. He can do that. He can do that. He can do it just fine. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Uh, well, I, we won't see. I was just entertained. If you want, we could we could just show the the Nick, the Cagesaurus Rex again, just for the sake of I think it. That's just, a, just the real thing. Like, oh is, God, I don't know if I want to see it again. You want to see the Cagesaurus Rex? We could we could just have it loaded up. Yeah, but just uh, have it in the background. Last decision to make before we sign off here is which categories does this fit into? In action movies, there are three categories in our mind. Three categories are totally legitimate, which is you know that's the Fugitive or Die Hard, some right. movie that's like I guess Jurassic Park one. Um, totally ridiculous which is like fall off a cliff of absurdity basically anything Nick Cage ever made in his career no just kidding uh, that's like face off and like out of Con Air or some movies like yeah. that and then uh, the third category is legitimately ridiculous which is that's the perfect hybrid category where you have 
excellent performances juxtaposed against very campy scenes, but it's ultimately engaging and you're just into it the whole time. The Rock. Yes, point break. There are like the two <laughs> linchpins. Um, this movie's totally ridiculous. I'm just going to say it first. In my book, it's totally ridiculous. Please. I think that it is somewhere between, between totally ridiculous and ridiculously legitimate. Um, even though you guys know I loved it so much, if I had to pick one, I think I would say totally ridiculous. Okay. All those men are going to die. <laughs> Tom Cruise could have totally He's so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was still thinking about it in my head. I was he like, what lines would he be so good have done at? This. Uh, totally legitimate. Alexis. All right, that's it. I'm going to take a break. Alexis, I want you to chime in. Why? Well, because, again, because of the fact that I'm such a fan of the, the franchise, I just feel like, as yes, the acting was kind of, uh, but I felt like because people don't really come for the humans, not saying anything bad about it, I just feel like people came for the dinosaurs, and I felt like the, the dinosaurs really delivered. You were okay with the Velociraptors changing on Chris Pratt, joining yeah. the Indominus, joining Chris Pratt again, yeah. and then fighting with the T-Rex yeah. against it. it. I was totally okay with that. Talking, I being totally... Like, no, I actually knew that that was going to happen. I assumed it would, too, yeah. because of the third movie. And the lack of feathers, was, though. I don't know. Oh, oh whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just felt like, okay, it's not a perfect movie, but I felt like Die Hard is my perfect movie, but I went the same exact emotions that I did when I was watching Die Hard watching this movie. Oh, right. fair enough. Fair enough. It made me cry. It made me happy. It made me excited. I was at the edge of my seat. When did you cry? What, uh, during the uh, the Brontosaurus's um, death, uh, yeah. I was really touching. The music was moving, all that kind of stuff. And I usually don't cry during movies very often, so <sighs> that's well. why. It just it made me feel like I was watching, like I was enjoying a movie for all the right spectrums. It so. made me feel like I was watching The Land Before Time. See? And also, it made me feel like I was watching The NeverEnding Story when the horse is sinking in the quicksand. Both great movies. Yeah. yeah. Land Before yeah. Time. Ducky. Yup, yup, yup. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to... I was going to say the story of what happened to the actress of Ducky, but I'm not going to do it. Wait, is the horse kicking quicksand? Is that the right reference? Yeah, I thought so. No? Right? Something? Right, it's been so long. Uh, I will say yes. Or am, mm-hmm. I, am I mixing up Princess Bride? Well, no. No, that's no. not Princess Bride. No, but Princess that Bride. is actually the best movie of all time. That movie's phenomenal. Yeah, best comedy movie. of all time. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Chiming in. I'm on board. I'm on board. It's not... This movie's not believable. I get... The whole raptors talking to the Indominus, talking to Chris Pratt. But, like, you got a raptor riding a Tyrannosaurus, fighting this dinosaur. Yeah. It's just too much for me. Too much. Totally ridiculous. Well, you're not invited next time I go, so... That's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. That does it for this week's, uh, I think, a record a record long episode. So much to talk about of Action Movie Anatomy. Uh, once again, I am Ben Bateman. This is Andrew Guy, and this is Roxy Stryer. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Roxy Stryer. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. Uh, at Andrew Guy. So happy to have you again. We'll bring you back. Don't worry. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Let us know what you thought about the show, about the movie, and please keep coming back. We'll see you guys next week for Man on Fire with Jimmy Wong. Boom. Boom. We're action movies. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 